welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Ha Nguyen from Otao Kitchen. Funny story, I actually met Ha in the spa pool in my apartment building. He was talking to some other neighbours in the pool about restaurants and about his cooking school, Otao Kitchen, which obviously piqued my interest. I told him about conversation with a chef and very happily for me, he agreed to talk to me. I'd walked past his original, original cooking school venue on Victoria Street so many times and I'd often thought about doing a class or having a chat to the chef. On the day I walked down to talk to her, it was 32 degrees and I hadn't realised that he had new premises still on Victoria Street but a little further down. I was a molten version of myself by the time I got there. But the school was cool and high ceilinged and quite beautiful. Ha had a big bottle of sparkling water for me and generously gave me a lot of his time and told me his story. Ha is originally from Hanoi in Vietnam and pursued cooking studies in Wellington, New Zealand before coming to Melbourne and working at a hiking lodge on the Great Ocean Road for six years. He now runs the highly successful cooking school in Abbotsford. I'm booked in for a dumpling masterclass next week and I cannot wait. I loved every minute of this conversation and I know you will too. Did you? Yeah, yeah. So I get the full atmosphere of uh, uh, coming there. in. <laughs> this is a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> no, the um, so it's it it very much of the uh, it very Thank much you. of the uh, this the atmosphere that we <laughs> try to create. So so here we got the about uh, used to be season old venues are very small, so like one and a half of these tables. Now we get much yeah, more. Yeah, this is much bigger. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Did, did you have to? What was here before? It was a medical uh, center. Yeah. So I got them all out. Yeah. And then I, I, um, um, I actually project it. So I'm very proud of myself. It's one of the things I learned about when I was in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I, I was able to do renovating apartment. Okay. Um, we did that in Christchurch and in Wellington. So that's something they that learned in New Zealand actually. Yeah. Because I was born, I would live in Hanoi, and then 
Is this a city boy, but in New Zealand, is that because it's so expensive that yes. everything you try to do it yourself? Well, it's a real it's a DIY nation. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things. <laughs> Very quickly, yeah. because you can't afford to do it. No, well, that's right. Yeah. So you then have to learn, and then so I renovated house. And my former partner was a American guy, and he um, he didn't want to deal with that. So and so we live in Wellington. He moved he moved to um, to a friend's um, place in Mount Victoria. He's at lived. I didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> A mess, and then I'm like, oh, okay, they're not very helpful. We said we to buy in it together. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's how that's how we sort of learn the skill of how to do things. But it's cool. interesting, isn't it? How all these things, you know, that you do in life, you'd never know where they're going to lead, and then, then that's helped you with this place. So that's great. That's right. right yeah. yeah. So the other place I did that I project myself as well. You did as well. And then the same thing that when it was down the Gresham Road, managing a hiking lodge. Actually, I worked for somebody else when he first moved to Australia, and then that one was new. But then I managed to able to do, you know, um, to do a bit not renovation because it's brand new, but still, you know, I have to do a bit of a involved in construction, buildings, and other things. So yeah, wow. that's just something that sort of learn um, and learn to do. And one thing I have to thank New Zealand for because the New Zealand is so expensive and so difficult. You tend to just do it yourself. Yes. And so that's a good thing. It is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and bad thing because sometimes it's so stressful because I manage this is a big project. It's worth like $450,000 project. Yeah. Um, and then try to manage yourself. It's a, quite a lot of. Well, work. it is. To, we are, well, it is. And that's an, a whole other level because often when I speak to chefs, especially, I, I mainly talk to head chefs is that you're not only thinking about the food, you're thinking about all the food costs, but now you're thinking about <laughs> renovating as well. Building. Wow. It's a lot. But at yeah. least you get it the way you want it. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly right. Mm. And, and because uh, um, I tried to... Because the, so the, the cooking class is difficult to... Um, the, the One of the issues with us is that... Um, you need to have the numbers. It's a number game again. So we don't want to be nice to have a cooking class for two, three people. No. But people want to have a bit of community, but a bit of like social. Yeah. And and then so more people is better. Yeah. Except yeah. the COVID doesn't help. No, no. So so when you come to that, so we used to, when I first started the business, I thought, well, if I do ten people, it's perfect. Yep. Eight people, are perfect. I do everything. But then um, in the real world, it's not possible because uh, if, you have, you, you, if you're sick or something wrong, there's too much mucking around. Yeah. And so because you're on your own, so that's the reason why we, we decided that we want to be bigger. When you're bigger, it means you've got staff and you've got support. And so how, so what's, what's the biggest size of class you would we do? Can, we can do 40. Yeah, okay. that's pretty hectic, though, isn't it? So, it is. so are you up the front teaching, and then do you have other staff other kind of circ- out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that that house happened because we got the set up there, and then the project to the TV, so oh. you can see what the chef doing on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, so also that helped to, um, and then we got other staff to sort of circulating around to make it easier. Yeah, right. And so, well, let's just start back from the beginning. So you were born in Hanoi, were you? That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's such a beautiful city. Have you been there? I was there in 2014. How beautiful. Yeah, I, oh, oh, wow. I did a cooking class in Hoi An, but, um, yeah. but, I, but I loved 
Hanoi, I think because um, I'm also a French teacher and there's um, the, oh, the, the French, French architecture and, um, and actually an older woman, Vietnamese woman, came up to me and I was lost, I was obviously looking around and she said, vous êtes perdu? And I was like, oh, she didn't even say it in English, she just spoke to me in French and I was like, brilliant. <laughs> So I have a special place in my heart for Hanoi. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a big city. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was born in Hanoi. My parents are still there. Most of my family is still there. I'm the only kid that um, gone off because I, I kind of fly to travel a bit. And then, um, so I was able to sort of save money and then go to New Zealand for cooking school. Yeah. So I went to Wellington. You did a bit of cooking in Hanoi though, didn't you? In the uh, hotel? Not much. No. Yeah, not much. I work in the, in the restaurants and things yeah. a little bit. But not... Um, Vietnam is a bit funny because the cooking or thing like that is it not considered to be a classy job. It's a um, labour job and they're yeah. not really um, doing that. So then, um, so then when I was there, I work a bit and then I, I sort of... Um, work for NGOs and non-profit organizations. So I was working uh, at a translator interpreter for a couple of projects working in northwest of Vietnam. Okay. So I work in the regional type thing. And, uh, and then I kind of like, um, I want to work in hotels and I thought, well, um, food is something that I kind of want to pursue. And then I end up um, finding myself uh, <laughs> in Wellington, New Zealand for yeah. Uh, a cooking school. So and, and, why, and why Wellington out of all the other possible places you could learn to cook? <laughs> oh, that's fun, fun few things because we had a few friends that um, my, my former partner worked for the uh, international school Hanoi. So, um, so a lot of um, Kiwi they actually taught in Hanoi. Okay. And then also a few of them worked for NGO. Why the American got more, the Canadian got more, the New Zealand embassy has only got three staff, but we know them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so quite a good uh, connection. And, yeah. And then some of them actually, after the September 11, um, uh, it's, uh, it, it's made them think that a lot of them want to go home. Yes. Yeah, because they're being an expat out of, you know, this, they want to go home. Thing. We kind of like, okay, we a place that we come to. Um, so my partner is a smart with ecologist, so we sort of want to, a place that we can sort of enjoy ourselves a bit, and then and then I can go to school. So I decided that we um, we go to New Zealand because then we feel that we've got a few friends there. Mm. Um, and so when was that? What year? That's 2003. Yeah, right. Because I know in the last. 10 or so years, but I've been saying that, so maybe it is the last 20 or so years, New Zealand food has really picked up and Wellington had, has some amazing restaurants. That's right, yeah. So maybe it is the last, I've been here 10 years, so possibly it was when I, when I was there, things had really picked up. You know, when I was growing up in New Zealand, food was not great, but um, and when I was over in France in the 90s, I was just like, oh, I've got to take all these ideas back home, but now, I mean... Food's incredible in New Zealand now. Yeah, Wellington, what was it? What Wellington, was it like in two thousand and three? Wellington is a great place because um, one of the things why I chose Wellington because Wellington is a kind of um, first off we got some friends there. The second thing is that we 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 got um, some friend actually got children or relatives that work in the food industry, and then so that the school I went there is a Wellington um, Wellington Institute of Technology or Wealth Tech. It's a quite <laughs> 
And then so we actually, um, this is the one of the good school. And then I, I didn't realize that it's a small enough and so I can sort of, you know, from Hanoi, even though big city, but going to a, a foreign country and have to live um, um, and work and things. And my first Scottish <laughs> teacher, I couldn't understand a thing. No. And then <laughs> I was like, what the heck going on there? Yeah. And then... And then so I, but Wellington is good. And then at the time I was, um, I was there. They really, really, um, they really, really um, um, sort of beginning to, to to pick up. So the, the the you know the food got a lot of like the restaurant that I worked for when I finished school was uh, at the Inter- Intercontinental Hotel, and they they called the restaurant of the year. So that's less similar to Chef Hat or whatever that here over here. But um, but so over time, I feel like the food is actually better, mm. and still quite expensive. Mm. And also, Wellington got most of the, I think they because it's a small, compact city, they got more um, what's it called the more eatery uh, than New York City or some. Oh really? Yeah, at the wow. town. Yeah, that is interesting. And yeah, and New Zealand were forerunners of really good coffee. Yeah, I know that's Australia right. Australia thinks they were, but it's New Zealand. <laughs> Don't try to compare with Melbourne, otherwise we got rivalry. <laughs> well, I remember, you know, in London or even in New York, along, you know, you couldn't get good coffee. Well, you couldn't get what we considered was good coffee when we had good coffee for a long time. And Wellington was pretty much a, um, a hub, you know, as you say, for eateries and cafes and, yeah. and really good coffee. That's we- right. The weather, though. <laughs> the weather is interesting. <laughs> oh, the good on day. On a good day. <laughs> you don't want to leave Wellington. But we had a friend that lived on, on um, a house on, on, on Orange Parade, on the hill. On the hill, they're 97 steps up the hill. And on the good day, you can see the harbour, like a big glass, oh, yeah, blue beautiful. and then yeah. it's beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful on a good day. Yes. And all those little bays and things are pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. right. Okay, so you did that and you worked at the Intercontinental and then what happened after that? So I did, uh, so I started a cafe. The, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, I started, so me and my former business partner, we had a, um, a cafe in Wellington in Mount Cook. Oh, yeah. Very small. Um, but then we get, enter into straight into the economic, um, not crisis, but um, it's not 2007 was the economy a bit soft, the economy a bit soft. Yeah. Australian doesn't, you know, the global economic crisis, but then Australian doesn't feel it. Mm. I think the Kevin Rudd pulls the monies out and plush it, but New Zealand got a bit of a dip. Yeah. And then, um, and then I start to feel like, whoa, this is not worth my why I keep working for the a bit difficult yeah. and then so I thought well maybe I should get rid of it and then um, I went down to Christchurch so I had a cafe for about a year and a half and then I got rid of it and then went down to Christchurch and then um, that renovating house because my partner got a house on a hill yeah. and Kashmir Hill that's right the fancy part <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we just spent like nine months to renovate the house yeah. and then so we did paintings and all sort of things but then I I felt like I'm ready for another adventure and Melbourne is, I visit Melbourne where I was in New Zealand, I thought that Melbourne is something I like yeah. and then so I sort of pursued for Melbourne but I, I want to go into quite training rather than going to work as chefs but I didn't get the job as a trainer for <laughs> a facility actually in North Melbourne and then, um, and then I thought oh, so but then the job down the Gretchen Road comes up for a um, hiking lodge 
so they look for chefs and managers um, down there. It's a remote position, and so now you're looking at me living in Hanoi, where it's so busy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And go down to the to New Zealand, it's all right. But when you go down to Grassy yeah. Rock, it's that quiet, right? Uh, so it was was okay. Actually, I start to enjoy the you know the country. Sometimes with two weeks, I don't see anyone. So what kind of food were you? So it was a hiking lodge. You were cooking for people who are hiking. So That's right. Yeah. Right. So so more or less like three meals plus you know morning tea, afternoon tea, kind of pay type thing. The lodge only catered for ten people. Yeah. And then they pay, pay quite. I think now they charge about two thousand three hundred dollars for four day hike per person. So it was you know, it wasn't bad. So. So I, I worked there for six years, actually. Six years? Yeah. Wow, I enjoy it. so remotely. What too? Wow. I wasn't but expecting that. But only taking a year, but... Three hours in Mel- from Melbourne. When I got, I got, I got, I got three months off in the winter, which is a really good thing. So I can travel pretty much to Europe, okay. to US, to all part of Asia and different things. So I really enjoy the working down there, the, down the Russian road. Yeah. And then, and then... Um, People keep asking me why don't uh, some funny hiker they pay for the hike but they didn't want to walk to uh, to walk. <laughs> they come too hard. <laughs> right. I'm sure there are holidays where you can go. <laughs> we don't have to hike, but you don't pay for the hike. Yeah, interesting. And then so so what happened is that they 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 say that why don't we cook? Uh, why don't we teach her cooking? But then I thought, oh, this is a bit too hard because the kitchen and the whole facility is not decided for, you know, cooking classes. Yeah. But something I thought of it and then the time kept pressing and I thought like, well, so I, because I, I, before I came, I came back to the, when I first came to New Zealand, I wanted to get into t- t- training. And then, but then I didn't get that opportunity. So I thought well, maybe I should just polish my concepts, the whole idea that I want to because I've been away by then, it's, it's like 10 years then. I want to go, mum, dad, keep pressing that I should go back to Vietnam. So I thought I'd go back to Vietnam and then um, doing maybe a cooking school there or something. And um, so I, I was looking to polish the concept of the cooking classes um, there when I was out there. And then, um, and then so it's about 2014, I decided that's where... Um, I just start the business, but then the, the former business owner, they're quite supportive, but I didn't work for them three days a week, and so I drive there three days a week, and then coming back um, to work in the business, that's, a, that's why I leased the building there, Okay. I didn't know many people in Richmond then, Yeah. Um, but I got the building, I got it out, and it turned into a, a cooking school, and then um, it's quite sort of, uh, at first it's, it's like, God, uh, what I end up doing, I should have worked for people instead of... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's good for myself. The first two years I didn't make m- any money at all. Uh, spent all the saving, yeah. and then um, and then after the third year, I start to make money, so I start to be feel a bit more confident. So that's okay. And that's that's a, an interesting point because you can love what you're doing, but if you're not able to live from it, then that's a stress. And so, then you, yeah, you're sort of really it's tricky. It is very tricky, and then so so. But then many of the customers start to come, and you know, so they tell other people, and and then um, but also that I learn more t- tip and trick to market the product. It's yeah. quite important to do that. Yeah. Nowadays, much easier because uh, you know we got staff and can you can have a little bit of money, so we can have specialists to do certain thing. But then I would like 
I don't understand all these things. No. Yeah, that's right. Websites and SEOs and um, distribution channels and all these sort of things. It's quite complex. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then I was, uh, then, then, then sort of slowly we get a lot of um, business and touch high staff. And first of all, they got one and then two and <laughs> three. Now we end up um, with it. Um, five staff now so it's good to have um, a bit of um, support um, and then you, you still work but um, at least that uh, you can have support yeah and so you don't just cook it's not just Vietnamese food that you teach is it it's no we first off we start with Vietnamese yeah, of course. because that's because it's it it close to me yeah. and on the street and then we do but nowadays we have Thai, Vietnamese, Japanese, Indian, Korean, all the, mostly Asians so that's mm. more popular and then we also add on the Southern Europe let's say Spanish and um, Italians and um, we have Mexicans we probably add more the South American sort of that's where a lot of people inspired to travel yeah yeah that's right <laughs> but they they can't and then some other sort of Asian sort of designations that we might put it in and the teaching side of things did that come naturally to you how to convey what you're doing yeah most of even learn much that naturally we we learn to to do it and with that first it's a bit difficult but then naturally you just sort of be able to show them the techniques and how things are done so um no different than a restaurant except the customer cook himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great wow and um and what do you think it is about i mean obviously you know that that is your skill and so you know you did try to get out of it but there must be something about cooking and, and hospitality that that you enjoy that's kept you in it. I love the, the energy of people when they come, when people come, it's just a lot of energies and you know, people are quite curious so they, they, they share ideas and they kind of, uh, and people like people so this, yeah. this, even though it's COVID, it's a bit of fun here about it, we, we, we're not supposed to like people but, <laughs> but that's how, um, that's how that, that, that because it, you know, since I was young, my mom got a shop in my mum got a food shop in Hanoi for many years. Oh, okay. So we deal with customers all the time. Yeah. And then when you finish school, you go out there and you try to sell the vegetables. And not normally fruit, not vegetable, but you know, fruit, you got, um, it's so hot out there. So fruit doesn't last long. So we have to push it as hard as you can. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to spoil it. So, then, um, so that's, that's how we sort of use the idea that you, um, it's quite funny when mum taught me when I was 10 years old. You're not selling one cage, you try to sell three. <laughs> because what happens is that the other way the food goes off. Yeah. And then it's so hot. And so Mamboy tried to Mamboy tried to sort of that that so so it's the same thing is that we got that sort of um generosity that, you know, that kind of like for me is it um I do charge people a lot of money but I give them a lot of things so that way then um say they can drink we don't encourage them to be drunk, but they can drink whatever they want or things like that. So that makes them feel like comfortable. So and they bring their own. No, they, we include it into include our it? package. Oh, wow. But okay. then we, some people like to have one one class, and some people have three classes. I don't. Yeah, it sort of all evens out. Yeah, yeah. So we things out, so it's just fine. But the thing is that that's part of it is to make it more like. Um, 
um, so people feel like comfortable and sort of yeah. enjoy themselves so they not, not and do you do you all eat together at the end or do they take their food away or what uh, they're a combination of both because normally we set out for people to cook per couple so we set out the ingredients set so each of the couple would have their own set ingredients so they cook it and then so normally we, we divide the, the thing into like different courses but they normally we try to get them to prep motor state right at the beginning because that's why it's the easiest to tell them to because as soon as they got the glass of wine it's a bit hard to tell them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we, we we would say okay so we do all the prep and then they cook and then they eat and if they can't finish it they can pack them up and then they can take them home yeah and then so we do that um, somebody, depending on the menu it could be two three rounds Thing so they dub that eat and then so that way they're quite social and then they cook. Um, so what's an example of some things? So, so if you go to a, say a Thai class, um, then you obviously make the curry paste. It's quite important to make those to understand those. So they all make them. So we got a set ingredient for them to to make that. And then one they make the curry paste and then they move on to make um, to prep all other things. So then when they finish prepping all that, they put on the side. And the next thing they do, they cook the entree. And then they they eat it, and they have a glass of wine, and then and then they go on and cook their main, and then um, and then why they cook their main will my um, so they being a curry so Thai being a curry say green curry or red curry, then normally they cook it and then so why they cook their main, then we show them how to finish the salad which is a being say papaya salad and then they make the papaya salad and then. They can eat it or they can wait until the, 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 the main curry finish and then they eat it together at the end. So that's like that. So then they then we just give them wines and beers and so they when they eat and then they can have whatever question they have for. And how long does a class last? So normally it takes about two and a half, three hours. Yeah, right. And are people do you have set times that people sign up for or um, or do you have groups that so, the, so the weekend tend to be, <clears throat> we have set time, so we run a class on Thursday, Friday we might run two, like today we had one, um, and then tomorrow we had two classes, and then Saturday we get three, and Sunday we got three, oh, so we wow. got about nine class minimum, right. eight, nine minimums, and then we have all the corporate on top of it. So the corporate at the moment, no corporate is because they all sit on holiday. Yeah. And then the corporate, the book normally midweek. And then when the corporate is out, then mean that the school holiday comes in. Yeah. So then we do school holiday um, um, because the normally, uh, yes, yeah, so during the school holiday we do roughly um, many the kids and yeah. also, um, also other charity sort of class that we do. Yeah. Yeah, so, so keep us like average about 10 to 12 um, class a week, which That's is a, great. Yeah, normally, normally, yeah, it's about 150 to 250 people a week. It's a lot, isn't it? I know, it's great. Yeah, so are there not many other people around doing what you're doing? Oh, there are. Um, there's they, they two, two things that when I sort of um, start looking at the market, the market aren't big enough. Because the 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 few cooking schools is good in Australia, so we aim to be the top there. Um, so first off is that a lot of them um, doing what I call is a hobby, 
Mm. So they, they, that's what I did when we first started, like kind of helping business, because when um, they already do a minimum class, you don't have many departure date, which is many dates that people can book in, um, and also that you don't have a delicate sort of um, staff for it, because a lot of them end up doing all these marking arounds, and then the second thing is that they don't have numbers. Yeah. You know, to get number, you need to invest into facility, and it's not easy to... Um, because what we call here is an education center. And so most of, the, most of them, in order to invest into education center, you need to require a bunch of things that you need to, um, with the council requirement and also the plannings and things. So it's not, um, so not of them doing, yes, at home or things, so then doesn't have that sort of, um, you don't have the numbers. When you don't have numbers, you don't have the support. Yeah. And then the staff issues and as well, I, you know, the marketing, nowadays it's become a full-on business. Um, so it, the real business is need to require a lot of, like no different than a restaurants and yeah. a bars and things. So you require a bit of a technical aspect to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's not, not at, at um, you don't know, like in Melbourne, if you want the money, the money you think can make out of a pop, but to invest into a pop, yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, 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 a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I can do that. But then there are certain aspects that, that you know, stop people because they, you have licensing requirement, you get all these sort of things. You can do it from home, but it's, you you got to enter into a lot of territory that, that could be risky. Yeah, that's right. Like if they chop their hand or something fall on them and then all these liability that have to worry about. So another trade out of business. Yeah. And so that when it comes to that, then... Um, then limiting a lot of people get into it, but but then but then I think that this is a good um, sort of business model alternative to restaurant, where um, especially with this sort of um, um, you know COVID issue with staffing, we can manage the staff, manage the guest number, mm. and it's easy for us to uh, you know to manage the experience. And you're not having late nights, and you know you sort of you have. Yeah, you can all you can you know yeah, you what, can you know manage. What you're dealing with yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, I'm, I'm I'm done with the thing with the restaurant where you come in and you expect to have fifty cover and you have to do hundred twenty cover. Yeah, that's all. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So yeah. we we know what you entered in. So at least that we don't a little bit of planning ahead though. Yeah. A lot of planning ahead yes. time rather than um, use that. But then we, we, the food cost is less, the experience better because we know exactly what we deal with. And there'd be no food waste. No, not much. Yeah, it's great. So what time does the class start today? At 6.30. 6.30. And what, what are they going to cook? Oh, uh, they do dumpling. So dumpling is the one of our popular class. Yeah. So we do about, I don't know, so 16, 16, so about 40 a week. Yeah. And then... Uh, the second one with the Japanese and then Vietnamese, Thai, the popular sort of class. Yeah, right. You get Mexican getting there, but still quite... Do you teach the Mexican as well? Yeah, we do. Um, but Dylan teaches Mexican, okay, Spanish right. and... That's good. Things, so we do that. We haven't done the French yet, because even though um, Vietnam and French are quite close, but I was thinking maybe do French, but at the moment we haven't <laughs> we have to design the class for it. Yeah, French is... I don't know, I sort of always feel like it's going to take a lot longer to do French, <laughs> French dishes, isn't it? You, know, yeah, you, need, no. you need quite a few hours to, yeah. That's right, that's right. Very yeah. particular, but I mean, yeah, be interesting but, to do. Yeah, so, is it, um, Australian is, it, 
the reason why I started the business is because uh, um, Australian is, I work for a travel company, so when Australians, they love travel, love explore different things and love, love cooking, you know, all mm. these shows and cooking. Yeah. Every and time I've travelled, I'm not Australian, but every time I've travelled, I've always done a cooking class in the place where I've gone and it's, I think it makes you feel a little bit more in touch with maybe the, the food and the, the, culture, food there, and the yeah. culture rather yeah. than just being a tourist the whole time eating the food. Yeah, yeah like, that's right. It. So people get, want to get behind the scene and do things rather than they consume it, so, which is uh, quite good. And also um, during the pandemic, which is, um, um, we're so lucky because of the, um, we, <laughs> when it first started, it's a bit sad, but not much I can do about it. So in March 2020, we start to get shut down and I'm like, Ooh, um, I think we might survive five months um, because of the it's because I didn't have to pay staff what I was going to do and then the rent and everything. So we keep burning on forty grand a month, and then until the government yeah. support kicks in, yeah. and I'm like, whoa! But then we have the the, the the we have the sort of like the staff. That's the first thing I actually quite enjoy because we have nothing else to worry about. Mm. The whole world is shut down. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so then we just start spent a lot of time doing um, simplify the menu and try to. Um, so Dylan, our chef, is good. Um, he's Canadian actually. He's half Japanese and Canadian, but um, he's um, so he does a lot of. Um, so we trim down all the all the. Um, the, the, the recipe and make it very simple for people to go to Carlton Wally and get it. So we're quite persistent. We try to get the ingredient from Carlton Wally because we know that um, that it covers 90 something percent of the shopping for Australians. So we just do that. And then um, the first one, people got funny about the online. They're not used to it. But after the first, the second, the third lockdown, people got used to it. And then so oh, we actually make it much money and we, um, we do it online compared to um, we do in person. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we actually survive the whole time. We actually make money that not like, not like. And are they just watching or are they able to ask questions? So what you do is that we do two classes. One classes that one type classes, they can do Thai, Vietnamese, Japanese, whatever that menu that they, they, they're on. But then they'll, um, they, we, we're going to, sh- send them the ingredient list mm-hmm. and then and then we, we create the video how things they're putting together so they can kind of visual what happening in the class yep. and then in the class all we try to do is that we turn the zoom on we cook along with them we explain it and then we coach them through so you know people making uh, mistake and thing or whatever that is that we can help them through that and so that way then it's, it's it um so people like it better than watching YouTube because you can exactly. have the question answered. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's so good on you. So we do that, and then so we, we manage to get like a month, and then we the second part of it is that we send the kits out. So we send the so we create four kits I think, um, ramen, pasta, dumpling, and um, going native. So we send out the ingredient to um, to people home using Australian Post. And then they'll they manage to. Um, um, it's a bit of a problem with trend post, but we manage we work through. Yeah. And then so so then corporates and things like that they buy all these boxes, and then so we we would then we turn the zoom on would teach them. Yeah. What's going native? Oh, uh, this Australian uh, um, native Australian native Australian indigenous type ingredient. Great. So we we incorporate into our um, 
our cooking class. It's one thing I learned about one in New Zealand was the Maori food, and that's why I thought let's quite do it. But Australia is a bit more sensitive than Maori about their native um, uh, ingredient because uh, it's more they they think that because I'm not a uh, a native person, so I can't <laughs> be zented. Ah. Why New Zealand the Maori doesn't care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that's a different um, because it's more. Um, yes, more to themselves other than the Maori in New Zealand. The Maori in New Zealand, they don't care. They, yeah, yeah. they don't care what who <laughs> presented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah so it's different. Yeah, interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting about the cultural aspect. Why the Maori is, uh, I guess that even the Maori is more uh, defensive about other things. That, well, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but they're not. Um, they're not defensive about their culture. Because a lot of chefs are incorporating native ingredients here, but is it more the fact that you're talking about it or presenting it is that what that's right yeah like? presenting yeah. it okay. and teaching it so it's a different aspect to it yeah. but then at the end we sort of like with it because it's good for people to understand about their their food and we manage to sort of we are ed- educators so we tend to be you know, quite incorporated into their food and at least they know what to expect yeah and so we do that and then also add on the wine testing the cocktails and the um, um Gin makings and all. Really? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> part of the class. So this is a one-stop shop. <laughs> so, 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 so that's the reason why we survived in yeah. the pandemic. Brilliant. And, and now even if more lockdowns or if this sort of restriction go on, uh, that's how we can lean on so we can sort of have to, um, um, to keep the staff working. And, yeah. And Good for you. Gosh. Yeah. Brought a whole new meaning to pivot, hasn't it? <laughs> I know, but this is the same, the same sort of thing, yeah. except that we do, uh, except the chef doesn't meet the customer, and um, yeah. yeah, and then so that's the reason why you sort of see there. I have the at first we got all these cameras, it's very complicated, and then with it now thing make it simple by using the iPad, the latest oh. iPad. <laughs> They can see the screen, they can have the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so don't have to worry about two minutes in between. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can focus on teaching. And then so... We <laughs> well done. Well done. So, so it, was, it was a bit of a challenge um, to go through. And um, but I, I enjoy it. And then it's good to have this sort of um, yes, facility. So it's, it's good. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you much so for much your time. time. It's Thank lovely. you for coming. so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Han Yuen at Otel Kitchen. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can follow at Otel Kitchen, that's at O-T-A-O Kitchen on Instagram and see what's happening at the cooking school. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef and if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. I would really love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or click follow on Spotify so I know you're there. Once again, thank you. Have a great day. See you next time.